Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world and welcome back. So I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I really think that you are going to be hearing a lot about these books I've been reading lately because they are making me really excited, people. Really excited. First of all, kudos to your girl for being on book four in this third month of this current year. Okay. I am so happy with myself because I set out a goal. I set this goal out before last year, and I think I may have done it the year before as well, but I was not intentional with my goal. Oh, let's talk about intentionality for a moment. I wasn't intentional with my goal. How many of you have been setting goals for yourself? Because we're over the New Year's resolutions, right? But it's about lifestyle changes. It's about setting goals, realistic goals, goals that we really want to accomplish, right? But how much do we know that when we set goals, you also have to set a plan of action and be intentional about it? And what I mean is, is that, you know, the past two years, I have been saying that I am going to get through all these books that I have been buying for myself, that I've been receiving as gifts. And I mean, I even think I did, I probably did an Instagram post last year about the stack of books that I had and all what I was going to be reading. And it didn't happen. I think I started a book and never finished it. Um, <laughs> and matter of fact, I need to go back to that book because it is not one of the ones that I have already gotten through this year. But no, on a, a serious tip, right? I was not intentional about it. I said that, oh, I was going to get through a book a year. My goal was to get through 12 books, but I was not making the time to read these books. And a lot of times we go around saying how, oh, I don't have time. It's not that you don't have time. You did not make the time. You did not set the time. You make the time for the things that are important to you, okay? When you want to binge watch your shows, you find that good old Saturday or day that you have off that you're not doing anything. You're like, I'm going to take a me day, which this is what we're talking about today. Um, but you you say that you're going to take some time to get caught up on your shows, right? That same amount of time and how you spend your time, your self-care is how you do it. You know, just like Miss Tabitha Brown always says, that's your business, right? However you want to set it up, however you want to do it. I think a lot of the times we try to incorporate other people's self-care, other people's self-care routines, other people's me time routines into our own because it's it's as if that's like the only definition of self-care. But self-care is you taking care of you. Okay. And so however you choose to do that is how you do it. But for myself, like I think that's that's where I was getting wrong. I was trying to do self-care the way that other people do it. And that's just not really my jam. Like you hear a lot of times women are talking about, you know, self-care is getting their nails done, getting their feet done. That's not really my thing. Um, honestly, I, my hands are in water too often just because of cleaning or whatever. Um, you know, I'm constantly washing my hands. So whenever I get my nails done, it always is upsetting to me because I don't get acrylics, right? Uh, but I'll go and get the gel nails because it's supposed to last longer. And I think the last time that I got them done, I got them done, uh, it was a botched job because it didn't even last me like a full week. And, and I say, it was a botched job because one they're supposed to last up to like 14 days correct I don't know somebody tell me in in, in a newsletter a newsletter <laughs> somebody tell me in a listener letter or dm me but um 
I think it's supposed to last about like uh, 14 days, two weeks or whatever. Uh, and it did it. It only lasted a week. And then the amount of money that I spent for it, I was just so upset about spending that amount of money because I thought it was ridiculous when I had to pay it. But then to see that it didn't even last me that time. No, I'm not. So I'm one of those girls who will just go and get the little, um, what do they call nail wraps or the little, you know, the little stickers, not even the little press on nails. Okay. Because that will fall off as well. I don't like wasting my money, but <laughs> I digress y'all I'm sorry but I'm just saying I had to realize that that's not self-care for me like I I will go get them done for special occasions or something like that but that's not self-care for me self-care for me is binge watching a show that I haven't been able to watch in a while or picking up a good book or spending time um, by myself on a run or whatever so like I had to realize okay Hannah you have to do self-care the way that it feeds your spirit, your soul, how it makes you feel refreshed. It's not about how other people do it. Other people do it the way that it feeds their soul and that's okay. All right. So anyways, this year I was really intentional. I was making the time. One of the things that I learned while I was on 75 Hard and I shared that with you guys with my friend Reva um, is that they, with 75 Hard, you're supposed to have, I think, like two inspirational books or something like that that you read for like 10 minutes a day and when I did that the the first time I found my I found it being easier for myself to get through a book because I had to at least read for 10 minutes a day and because you know with 75 hard you're doing that for 75 days it was becoming a habit but how do we know that like if you're not going to be intentional about something, even though it becomes a habit after a while, it can phase out. And I think that that's what happened to me. And so I was able to get through some books while I was on 75 hard, but um, that kind of died down. But this year I was saying to myself, you know what? I really want to get through these books. I want to get through at least one book a day. So when I found time where I was chilling, instead of watching television, I decided to read my books. And so this is why like the past few episodes, you guys have been hearing about what I'm reading because they have been so inspiring, uh, just amazing. And, um, I, you know, I shared with you guys about the um, book by Shonda Rhimes called The Year of Yes. And I'm actually, I've gotten a chance to get to Miss um, Tabitha Brown's Feeding the Soul. Oh, honey child. Let me tell you, it is so good. Such a good read. And I know I am late to the party, just like I was late to the party about Year of Yes. And some of you are out there like, oh, Hannah, yes, it was good. But girl, you late. Like we, we've been there, done that. We've moved on to other things. And I get it because there's other books that are out there right now that are are hot and popping. I'm not there yet. I will be, but I'm not there yet. And I'm not, I, when I say I will be, I don't even know if I'm gonna get to it this year. Cause when I tell you the amount of books, like when I say I have a full 12 books already to read this year because of the fact that I have just been collecting them and not reading them. So w go ahead and give me your book recommendations, th these good reads, okay? Send them um, in with your listening letters or just uh, send me a, a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you're reading. Let me know what's good and popping so that I can get onto it. But let's get into Feeding the Soul, okay? I am not completed with the book yet, but one of the things that stuck out to me, which was also a reminder in um the book of uh year of yes was the the concept of putting my mask on first 
Okay. Uh, the way that uh, Tabitha refers to it in her book, she calls it, uh, or one of the chapters is called No Shame in Putting Yourself First. And I believe in um, Year of Yes, it was uh, Yes to Yes to No. Um, I believe like there was a, a lot in there. Um, uh, I can't remember, but, but there was, there was a segment in there. Um, there was, two, there was a couple because it was just about saying yes to you, to yourself, but regardless to how you want to call it, right. The, the concept of it is putting your mask on first and, one, I, I definitely wanted to talk about this this month, being that it is Women's History Month, is because I, I do not speak for all women. Let's just say that, okay? I do not speak for all women, but one of the common themes that I have seen amongst my friends and have seen amongst women um, in general, especially within the black community, is the super mommy syndrome that we have, the... Um, just strong woman syndrome this and there's nothing wrong with that right because we as women we've had to be strong all right we first of all not had just not only did we have to be strong we are strong because of all the things that we've had to go through we are treated as second class citizens um we did have to go through a struggle we are still going through a struggle in order to get equal pay to to have equal rights um to be heard to not have our voices muted anymore like these are the the things that we've had to go through even in um the book year of yes Shonda Rhimes um and I think I might have shared it with you guys in a previous episode but there was a part that was so moving to me and it was during one of her accepting speeches uh when she was talking about the glass ceiling and I love the way that she portrayed it because she was saying she didn't feel like she had to break through a glass ceiling she because she said that she described it as saying that to break through a glass ceiling means that I would feel the cuts and the bruises from the from the glass and she was saying that she didn't feel that because by the time she got to the ceiling it was shattered and battered and bruised so much that by the time she got there she could already feel the wind coming through the cracks that her going through it was just simply like a touch. She doesn't refer to it as simply as a touch, but I'm just describing the way I visually saw it in my mind as I was reading her words. And I think about that when I think about, especially within the black community, what our, um, what the women before us, our ancestors, what they had to go through, um, you know, out on the cotton fields in the in the house. Right. Because there was a difference between the house Negro and the uh, field Negro. Right. Um, but just women were treated like property. I mean, we were all treated like property, but the women in specifically. So they had to be strong. They had to be strong when their husbands were uh, ripped away from them and sold to another master. They they had to be strong when, you know, they lost their husbands to, to tragedy. So women in general have always had to be strong. She, especially, you know, um, the wives, because they did their best to make their husbands feel good because out in the outside world, even today, 
because of how our black men are treated. They're out in the world and they're they're beaten down a lot. When they come home, you just want to be their place of peace, right? And and as women in general, we are built and we were created to be the nurturer, right? So it it's instinct in most of us, right? Again, I don't speak for all women, but for for women in general, for most of us, it's just this instinct to create this place of peace, to create this place of comfort, to create a nurturing environment for those around us, whether it is our spouses or our our children, um, our family members, our friends, like it is just in that inside of us to want to care for and take care um, and just comfort other people to encourage. And so a lot of the times we don't really focus on ourselves um, or while we're trying to tend and mend to ourselves, we're still tending and mending to other people, right? But on an airplane, they, you know, every time before you take a flight, they talk to you about the oxygen mask and they specifically say, put your mask on first before you try to help somebody else. And, And the reason for this is because If the need of oxygen ever occurs in a plane, while you're over here trying to help somebody else put on their mask, you are not receiving oxygen. You are not receiving the resource that you need in order for you to function. So while you're over here in, you know, heroin uh, mode, And I'm not saying that that's the concept that's in your mind, that I'm trying to be the hero, but I'm just saying while you're over here sacrificing yourself to help somebody else, there's a good chance. And and this is just what I think, um, why they're specific with telling us to put on our masks first is, is that at some point while you're trying to help everybody else, your oxygen levels are depleting. And before you know it, you have now passed out from lack of oxygen while there's other people that are in need of it. Right. So and it, and there's nothing wrong with sacrificing yourself. You know, there's no greater love than the love of uh, one who lays down their life for another, lays down their life for their brother. Um we have military men and women who go out daily, who right now are out sacrificing themselves so that we can have freedom here in this country. So that is a great honor. But the point of it is, is is that you do have to take care of you. In order for you to be a great caretaker, you have to take care of yourself first. You have to make sure that your vitals are good. And this is not, you know, um, I don't even want to use the word arrogance because I don't think that that's what it is. But it's like it's not self-importance. Um, I believe one of the quotes that um, that Tabitha Brown uses in her book is by Audre Lorde. And it says, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. And I. I think it's necessary for us to understand that. I think it's necessary for un- to us to understand that taking care of you, taking that time to to feed your soul, to feed yourself is okay. Um, and you shouldn't feel guilty about it. And no one should make you feel guilty about it. Um, mommy guilt is a real thing. And again, I can only speak for myself, but 
in having conversations with friends and with other women, I know that there are others who share or have shared that same feeling. Mommy guilt was really, really had a hold on me um, in my younger days as a mom, just because of the fact that, yes, I was outside of the home a lot, a lot due to my job. And I just felt that the time that I did have at home with the kids or the time that I did have that it should be spent with my children because of the fact that they already didn't see me a lot because of my job. And, um, you know, so self-care was non-existent to me back in those days when my kids were toddlers it, it, it was non-existent and I constantly had friends that would tell me Hannah you got to take care of you Hannah you got to take some time for you because I'm not even gonna lie there were moments where I was feeling overwhelmed there were times where I was stressed out because you know it was all about the managing of the household the managing of the kids and it's not like I didn't have help I mean I'm a part of a two-parent household, and not only am I a part of a two-parent household, because I know for some, you know, women out there, even though they have a husband at home, dad is not as involved. My husband is very involved. He is very engaged. He he is a very involved father, but a lot of the times, I was not making room for him to be more involved, to help me out. I wasn't asking for help, one. I wasn't letting him know that I needed him to do something. In all honesty, I think I probably had some unrealistic expectations that I was placing on him that I was not verbalizing, but resentment was building up, okay? Um, And so it's just like I, I did have to realize those things. I had to realize, one, you're not even communicating to your helper, Right. Because, yes, the Bible tells us that that the woman is the helpmate. Right. To the man. But we're supposed to submit one to another. All right. We're there to help each other when the Bible. First of all, the only time in the Bible when God said that something was not good was when he saw that Adam was alone. But Eve was not just created to be um, Adam's wife. Right. It was to show partnership. It was to show fellowship. It was to show that we were meant to be to in community with one another. The Bible specifically talks about how two are better than one, because if one falls by the wayside, you know, how can they get up by themselves? Like you can, but it's going to take that much longer. Or if, if, if one is by themselves in the cold, you can freeze. But if two are together, they can keep each other warm. It, it, it's not just about being in a, uh, in a marriage or in a relationship, uh, in, you know, uh, a romantic relationship, but it's about being in community, about being in relationship, about having people around you. Right. And so the reason why you have people around you is so that when you are in need, right, it's like Hezekiah's, um, Hezekiah Walker's song that says, um, I need you, right. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's family, right. We need each other. But the the beautiful thing about that song is, is that there's a part that says, I need you to survive. There's two folds to that sentence. I need you, person, listener that's hearing me, I need you so that I can survive, right? But the way that the song goes is that it's not just about me needing you so that I can survive. It says, I need you to survive. I need you, listener, to survive as well. Like we need each other to survive. 
And we in the only way that we're going to survive is if we are vulnerable enough, if we are transparent enough, if we are willing to let down our guards and let people know when we need help. Right. And so sometimes needing that help and, and, and speaking to your community is letting it be known like, hey, I need to take time for myself. And the people who are a part of my tribe, who are in my community, who are close to me, they are my accountability partners, right? And as an accountability partner, it is not my job to make the person who is asking me to hold them accountable to themselves, to take time for themselves, to make them feel guilty about taking time for themselves, or to make them feel bad that in a moment where I am not capable or um, able to be there for you, for you to make me feel bad about that, especially if I'm always there for you, right? And and I've noticed this a lot, even on uh, on uh, in social media, uh, about you know, um, people are talking more about you know, um, taking time for themselves and and being okay with it. Like that's a boundary. It's boundaries. It's setting boundaries. Boundaries are not necessarily just to keep people out or keep things away, but it's also to keep people in. It's also to let you know, like, hey, if we're going to be in communication or in community with each other, like, I need you to know that these are the the boundaries that I have in my life for my friends, the boundaries that I have in my life for my family so that we can be in community with each other. Because without boundaries, everything gets meshed up and and then there's there's these unreal, unrealistic expectations that are placed on one another. And, and that can become overwhelming and burdensome to to people in relationship who truly want to be in relationship with each other. But it's like because we didn't set boundaries, because we, you know, weren't and I don't want to say that we weren't honest with each other. You know, what I'm saying. But it's like because we weren't. We were being so open, so free with one another, just wanting to be there for one another somewhere we did not realize that we have limitations. And that's the other thing, like we have to realize that we do have limitations. All right. We as finite creatures have a capacity. There is a maximum capacity on all of us as much as we want to be there for other people. Right. And especially as women, again, because we are we are strong, we are created to handle a lot like we birth children. We create a whole nother person within our bodies. Now, that does not, you know, um, that does not separate those who have have not been able to have children. Right. Because you are still strong. You you are you are still pouring out. You are still giving. But I'm just saying, like the fact that our bodies were created to do that as well, that we are able to birth a child, that we are able to go through labor pains, which for some can be very excruciating. Some have lost their lives giving birth. We are we are built to be strong. We are built to take on emotional uh, um, endurance. Like we have emotional endurance. We, not only do we have a physical endurance, but we also have an emotional endurance. We also have a spiritual endurance because majority of the time it is women who are interceding on the, on behalf of others. You, in most churches, you go and look at the prayer ministry. It's filled with women. Okay. I mean, I know that there's some that have a lot of men. I'm not saying men pray too, but I'm just, a lot of the time it's, it's the women because they're just nurturers. The nurture is like that. You know, that and it's, it's just it's been a part of our culture, a part of our history, a part of the tradition of us always just being there. 
And we pass this down to generation to generation to generation, right? Uh, But at some point, there has to be a balance. Yes, teaching our daughters to be strong women, but at the same time, also teaching our daughters to be willing to not only ask for help, but receive it. And so a, a part of us just being so strong and because the sisterhood we need, again, because we need to be in community, we're trying to be there for everybody, all right? Especially for those of us who wear the cap of, of, of being a wife and being a mother, you know, um, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you are stay at home and you are the house manager of your home, taking care of all, like there's a lot that is already on you, right? But you're also a sister. You're also a friend. You're also a colleague. Uh, you're probably on a couple of board mem- um, uh, boards, you know, as a board member, you're probably on the PTSA, PTA, PTO, whichever it's called at your school. Like you're probably doing a lot of things, right? And it's just in your heart to go out there and to do for others and to to meet them, right? Because the Bible tells us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, but here's the thing about that scripture, right? Like, let's really break it down and, th- and think about it. Love our neighbor as we love ourselves. A lot of the times, if we're not loving ourselves right, we're not going to be able to love our neighbor right, right? Like, if we have to check ourselves about our attitudes and how we treat people, it's like, hold up, push pause. Let me let me look in the mirror. Let me hold the mirror up to myself real quick. Am I loving on Hannah? Am I loving on me? Do I speak kind words to myself? Am I affirming myself? Or am I, or am I always pointing out my flaws? Am I always pointing out what I don't like about me? Mm. It makes you think, right? Do you find yourself sometimes, uh, you know, not questioning but sometimes you know just like uh uh, in that book like I'm judging you sometimes we can find ourselves judging others right but where is that coming from are we judging ourselves are we mistreating ourselves while we're mistreating others like you have to first love yourself love the skin that you're in embrace all of the flaws because what you see as a flaw is beautiful to God because he created you he is the great creator Everything he made was great. Like you, it's a blessing. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Like you are not junk. You are here for purpose. You, 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 you know, you were designed to, to do a specific thing. And, but how are you treating yourself? You know, do you embrace all of the gifts and talents and abilities that you have within yourself? Do, are there features about yourself that you love? This is why it's important to have self-care, to put your mask on first. Because if you love you, you want you to survive. Yes, you want everybody else to survive too. But how can you continue to pour from an empty cup? After a while, the pitcher will become empty and there's nothing else left to give. There There are moments where we have to stop to allow ourselves to be fed ourselves to be refilled to be replenished to be restored sometimes we need some renovations sometimes we need to take some rest so that we can get that nourishment that we need so that we can continue to be a pillar in our communities to continue to to be the one that people can come to but i understand you got a capacity even a pitcher 
I don't care if it's a 10 gallon pitcher that you have. That may be who you are. You may be a 10 gallon pitcher. At some point, that pitcher is going to run dry if you are never stopping and allowing yourself to be filled and allowing yourself to be refreshed. So there is a capacity. We all have a capacity. We all have our limitations. I know we like to think, oh, I'm limitless. Take the limits off. You know, um, I'm thinking outside the box. Yeah, think outside the box. Take limits off because it's not you, but who are we taking the limits off of? We're taking the limits off of God because God is infinite. God is the one who is all powerful. God is the one who anything is possible with him. There is nothing impossible for God. All things are possible for him. And it's possible for those that believe in him. Right. And yes, you have to take the limits off of your thinking, your imagination, because God is able to do exceeding abundantly far above all we could ever ask or think. So if you are taking the limits off of your thinking, then you're able to ask for and think for great things. And so these great things that to you seem, oh, wow, that is unlimiting. God is like, oh, you think that's unlimited? Watch me work. And that's how he's able to blow your mind. But you, the person by yourself independently, have limitations, have a capacity, And you got to be honest with yourself about that. You got to be honest with you so that you can be honest with others so that other people can have realistic expectations of you and what you can do and how you can be there and show up for them, show up for your husband, show up for your children, show up for your family, show up for your friends, show up for your colleagues. A lot of the times I've heard, I've heard my friends and even myself, like I'm, I'm, we're in this together. I guess birds of a feather flock together, but my, I I listen to them and they talk about how they're on this board and that board and how they got this going on. I remember one of my friends, she recently had a loss in her family. And while she was grieving the loss of said family member, she still had um, obligations to one of the boards that she's on. I mean, they were understanding and they know, but it was baffling to my mind that she still had to think about this. I was like, so nobody in the board was like, you know what? You going through this right now. Don't even worry about submitting this because we know that grief hits everybody differently and that it comes in waves. So, you know what? We don't even want you to have to think about this. We know that you may be, I don't remember what her position is, but we know, let's just say that she's the vice president. We know that you're the vice president, but that's why there's other board members or that's why we got committee members. Let somebody else handle that so that you can have time to grieve I was baffled I was shocked I was blown away that she still had to worry about that while she was grieving and I thought that was ridiculous did I say that to my friend no I did not I was there to support her but I thought that that was ridiculous we have to be able to tell those around it like our tribe our community y'all are our accountability partners as a as a member of one of my friends tribes, as a member of 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 whoever, I am an accountability partner. I'm supposed to hold you accountable to the goals and the visions and the dreams that you say that you want for yourself. I'm supposed to hold you accountable to you taking care of yourself for you, taking time for you, reminding you, hey, you need help, too. Thank you for helping me, but you need help, too. That's what I'm supposed to do as an accountability partner. But I also think that that should be given back to me as well from my tribe. Hannah, thank you for being there. But now you need to take a rest. You need to take a break. 
But we also, are we letting our tribe know? Are we letting them know, hey, I got limitations. Hey, I got a capacity. Have we set boundaries with our tribe? Do our tribe members truly understand what our boundaries are so they know what we need so there aren't unrealistic expectations? I got to make sure that I don't have any unrealistic expectations for my husband, for my children, for my tribe, for my colleagues. I got to make sure that I don't have them for them. And I need to make sure that they don't have them for me. But the only way that that happens is through communication. But I first need to understand what my limits are. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I take care of me first. The only way I'm going to do that is if I put my mask on first. So I hope y'all got something out of the episode today. It is always my prayer that I do. And listen, 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 listeners, okay? I would truly love to hear y'all feedback on this. So please send in your listener letters to hannahsworld 0 at gmail.com or connect with me on Instagram at hannahsworld 0 Like truly, I, I want to open up the discussion. I'm probably going to have some guests on and this is probably going to go on past the month of March. But I, I really need to get into this, right? Because it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot. Um, like I said, in, in the books that I've been reading, these women have been talking about it, talking about the self-care, talking about this concept of putting your mask on, talking, talking about the concept of understanding. Like even me and my, my therapist and I, we were talking about capacity. We were talking about, you know, knowing your limits. Like, listen, this is a discussion that needs to be had um, and we're, we're going to bring some guests on to talk about it. So y'all look forward to future episodes and hearing about it. That does not mean the very next episode you're going to hear a guest. I'm just saying. I'm bringing them on, okay? All right, y'all. Well, again, I hope y'all got something out of today's uh, episode. It's always my prayer that I do. And until next time, peace out, world. <laughs>